Hello, good morning. Welcome to Pause to Pray. It is Friday, July 1st or 2nd, 2nd, I think. And my name is Adam Schindler. I'm coming to you today in my car on this rainy day um, out in front of Chick-fil-A, God's Chicken Sandwich Store. So I am stuck in my car today for a variety of reasons, um, but I wanted to talk and pray through a particular topic today that the Lord put on my heart. Um, <clears throat> and um, we've got a few people beginning to pop on here. So welcome to Pause to Pray. Uh, thank you for joining me today to pause and pray over our nation, over our families. Uh, today, we are specifically going to be praying for biblical marriage and family. Uh, a million voices, we have things we call guiding truths. Uh, these are like core values. But uh, we have 10 guiding truths. And one of them is that we believe in biblical marriage and family, God's definition of gender, identity, family, and sexuality. And so today I want to talk about that topic. Uh, and I don't know if you can see this in the description of today's video, but I've called this today, Politics, Sex, and Religion. All the things we're not supposed to talk about, we're going to talk about today. So hello from California, West Palm Beach, Florida, Cincinnati, still praying for you guys down there, just south of you, Sandy and West Palm down in Miami with the high rise stuff and everything that's going on down there. Um, so thank you all for jumping on. But I wanted to talk today about something I called politics, sex, and religion. And, you know, these are the things we're not supposed to talk about. So I thought, well, that's kind of my thing, saying things I shouldn't say. Uh, <laughs> you can ask the people that know me. Um, so I want to do that. But I want to read a story out of Matthew. And I was asking the Lord what to talk about today. He pointed this out to me. And I'm just going to read this, uh, and we'll talk about it, and we'll pray, because I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, hello from Loveland, Colorado. Grew up in Fort Collins, not too far from Loveland. Welcome. Thanks for joining. Um, all right, this is Matthew chapter 14, verse 1. At the time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus, and he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist, and he's been raised from the dead. That's why these miraculous powers are at work in him. First off, Herod had no clue, right? John had not been raised from the dead, right? At least not in my Bible. I don't know what Bible Herod was reading. Maybe he saw something different, but he thought John has these powers. The only way these powers could happen is if he went into hell and came back. It's called the shaman's journey. And so Herod thought, well, this is what it has to happen to, to this guy, John. He's doing miracles. The only way to do that is to take the shaman's journey, to go into the underworld, to get a spirit guide and to reemerge into the middle world with new spiritual powers. Okay. I don't know. Herod got it wrong. But he did say, verse 3, um, well, he said that John's got these, these powers. You know, verse 3. Then it says, Herod seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodotus, his brother Philip's wife. Why? So Herod thinks this guy has been raised from the dead, went to the underworld. He's got miraculous powers, but he's arrested him for the sake of Herodotus, his brother Philip's wife. Why? Verse four, because John had been saying to him, Herod, it is not lawful for you to have her. Okay, so Herod apparently is um, 
sleeping with his brother's wife. And John, the religious prophet, is telling the person in power that that's not appropriate. And you're not allowed to do that. Uh, quote, not allowed. We're going to talk about that. So Herod is angry and he has put John in prison because John is holding up a moral standard that shines the light on Herod's behavior to destroy his family and to run illicit sexual acts through, um, you know, unaccountable. And so he puts John in prison. Verse 5. And though he, Herod, wanted to put John to death, he feared the people because they held him up to be a prophet. Okay, so the religious community in Jerusalem at the time believed John was a prophet. And John was in the way of Herod doing whatever he wanted to that caused major damage and devastation. He was, that was kind of Herod's thing. So he puts him in prison, but he doesn't want to kill him because he's afraid of the religious people. Verse 6, but when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodotus danced before the company and pleased Herod, so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Now, that's a pretty innocuous verse. She pleased Herod, made him happy, right? But we're pretty clear from the context and what actually goes on in the royal palace, what dancing is about, what this is all about. Herod has way too much to drink. He gets turned on and promises this young girl whatever she wants. And we'll go on. Verse 8, prompted by her mother, she said, give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. And the king was sorry because of his oaths and his guests. He commanded it to be given. Okay. And then he sent and he had John beheaded in the prison and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl and she brought it to her mother and his disciples came and took the body and buried it and they went and told Jesus. Then Jesus heard this. He withdrew from there to a boat to a desolate place by himself. Okay, so this is kind of a strange scripture to be included in the text, right? This is the demise of the, the last prophet in the Old Testament. Okay, this is John didn't prophesy, quote unquote, in the Old Testament. You know, you've got that page in your Bible that divides the Old and the New Testament with a little page. But Jesus says of all of the prophets up until John, John was the greatest. Okay, John was the last Old Testament prophet that inaugurated the new covenant of Jesus with the fulfillment, life, death, and resurrection of his cousin, Jesus. Okay, but this is the demise of the last prophet of the Old Testament. And it had to do with the fact, and I think this is why it's in the scriptures, but I want to point this out and I want to pray about it. Because the political spirit has always been manipulated by malevolent sexual, uh, by malevolent um viewpoints that uses sexuality to get what they want. I'll say that again without stumbling through my words. The political spirit has always been manipulated and influenced by malevolent, which means intentionally evil usage of deviant or um, unhealthy sexuality to get what it wants. Okay, so what does this mean? Well, we live in a day and age right now in America and in the world that there have been more people enslaved right now than at any point in human history. 
And these people that are enslaved are predominantly young boys and girls who are used in the sex trafficking. Okay. And the sex trafficking world does not continue without the cover and support of political authorities. Okay. Let me say that again. I am the, the illicit trafficking of sexual, um, sexual trafficking, sex trafficking of children, minors and girls and those older, but especially horrendous children, um, the sexual trafficking does not occur without the continued support of political entities. Okay. Now I'm going to say that and I'm going to qualify it immediately. I'm not saying that the president of the United States or the, the governor of your state is guilty of sex trafficking. Okay. But there are local entities that allow things to move that are in concert with the, the darkness that has been moving since the days of Jesus, have been moving since the days of the Caesars, has been moving since the Pharaohs and from the beginning. Okay. But we have to understand that the darkness that connects sexuality and abuse and rape and murder is empowered, guarded and protected by political spirits that keep things in power. Okay. It's what the last Old Testament prophet died from. The combination of politics, sex, and religion. Okay. And so I want to encourage us as believers in Jesus, we have a very powerful and unique position to not stay silent about politics, sex, and religion. As religious people, maybe you don't like that term. You know, it means some, some pretty bad things in culture a lot of times. You know, I'm not religious. I follow Jesus, you know, but in one respects I am. So I'm not going to get into that discussion. But as believers in Jesus, we have a unique authority in place to speak up into the political spheres about sexuality. Okay. And it's not puritanical Victorian era prudence, you know, that we're just, oh, we're afraid of the sexual revolution. You know, the sexual revolution didn't create a healthier family. It didn't create a better nation. It didn't create more economic freedom. It didn't create more life in our country. Okay. It created a whole new slew of problems. Okay. And so, what we're saying and what I wanted to call our attention to and pray this morning is as believers in Jesus, we need to be aware that politics, sex, and religion are intimately connected and that sexuality and in particular, the use of, of children and minors um, as trafficked slaves is covered and guarded by political powers and we have to fight to expose those. Okay, and I have a friend, um, a gal that I know uh, that took on the company Pornhub with this group Exodus Cry in the last six months, eight months. Um, and she got attacked and assaulted. Her family members got threatened. They're the largest purveyor of pornography on the internet. But over the last six months, they have gotten it exposed in the Canadian parliament. The U.S. government has gotten involved. And a few months ago, Pornhub was required to take down all of its user-generated content because they didn't have consent forms. Like she took them on and she paid a heavy price, but she's winning some victories. She and her group, the Exodus Cry, this organization for trafficked children that's been around for a number of years. And so I just want to pray today for two things surrounding this. Okay. One, 
Sexual trafficking and the enslaving of children does not happen without demand. Okay, supply and demand. Well, there is a supply because there's a demand. Why is there a demand? The human heart. This is not a systemic American sexual culture problem. The problem is the human heart that desires what it wants. Just like Herod, who wanted something that he knew wasn't good in his culture, that he knew divided his relationships. I mean, why is sleeping with your brother's wife a bad idea? Well, it divides all kinds of relationships. It demonstrates all kinds of things that bring immediate death, both spiritually, um, physically, and also culturally. So, one, there would be no demand. There would be no supply if there was no demand. And we need to pray for and deal with our own hearts first. The problem doesn't start out there in the world with the systemic problems of all the other things. The problem is in here and in our own hearts. So I want to pray for that, you know, and then number two, we do need to pray for the systems. Okay. We need to pray and support the systems that are working to isolate um, and eradicate sex trafficking in the earth. So would you guys please, um, I think there's probably one more, but would you guys pray with me about this? Thanks for joining. Thanks for y'all that are commenting about Exodus Cry and the fight on human trafficking. There's a lot of really great organizations out there um, about this, but we do need to understand it's a human heart problem. Okay, so would you guys pray with me? King Jesus, we confess to you the truth of the scriptures that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God, that we have all All of us, every one of us, like sheep, have been led astray, each into our own ways. Father, and that we know, Jesus, that we've been made for a glory that we're not living in because we continually miss the mark, because we elevate ourselves as the gods that sit on our own throne and don't submit to the eternal one. Just like King Herod refused to submit to the word of the Lord spoken through a prophet, Father, we say that we will not refuse to submit to the word of the Lord that is spoken through the word of God that prophesies to us. Father, so I ask Jesus in concert with the the great leaders and, and the King David of old who made horrible sexual mistakes, but he cried out, create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence, O God, but restore to me the joy of my salvation. So Father, we pray that right now for anyone on this call that is living in sexual brokenness, whether it's something that was done to them without their consent, or whether it was something that they chose to do with their consent. Father, there is sexual brokenness that gets embedded into our hearts, God, that begins to lead us astray. But Jesus, you have came, you have come to heal, redeem, and forgive, and to call out and restore. So Father, I pray right now for everyone that's dealing with sexual brokenness of any kind, we declare the day of the liberation of the captives and the prisoners right now in Jesus' name, and that if you are dealing with that, if you were abused or you had a situation or you made a bad decision, we declare that Jesus is not holding your transgressions against you. Be reconciled 
child to the Father. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would send your hovering presence to love and send your peace and nurture and care for anyone that's struggling with this or feels racked with guilt surrounding all of this. We thank you, Jesus, that you do proclaim liberty to the captives, that you do set free those who are oppressed. And we thank you and receive the freedom and liberation this morning. Father, we also pray, God, for those young children um, and older children, but most of them are young, Jesus, that are in uh, caught in sexual slavery and trafficking. Father, we declare in Jesus' name, we ask for a release of the angelic spirits to go and expose and expose and separate them now in Jesus' name out from their captors, that they could be rescued, pulled out, and set back into a place where the healing journey can begin. Father, we know, Jesus, that the healing path is a journey, Father, and that that happens incrementally over time. But Father, just like the day of Pentecost was prophesied for hundreds and hundreds of years, and then suddenly, like a mighty rushing wind, your spirit descended. So Father, we pray for those that are on the path to healing of sexual brokenness, that have walked it for hundreds of steps and for miles, it seems. Father, we declare a suddenly moment right now in Jesus' name that your spirit would rush in and you would redo, you would renew and restore something that they never thought possible. You would just come and do it, Jesus, according to your goodness. Restore, remake, redeem, according to your word and your purposes, God. And Father, we also do now pray um, specifically for the institutions, the political institutions, whatever those are, at a local level, county level, state level, federal level. Father, whether it's inside of a, of a United States government or some of our southern partners, Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name that all political spirits that are enabling the trafficking of children and minors up through the southern border of the United States in the U.S and in the southern states or the southern countries below the United States, we command those political spirits to be torn down now in Jesus' name. We speak a, a severing in Jesus' name off of the minds of the people that are making those decisions that you would deal in Jesus' name with the political spirits that are emboldened and grabbing on to the seats of power, enabling these sexual crimes to continue. Father, we declare those severed and broken in Jesus' name. Father, we also ask, Father, that that you would stir up the hearts of the people that have the representative power to make changes in their leadership. Father, that you would give people an understanding and a courage as we confront our own sexual sin, as we confront our own areas that need to be purified, renewed, and restored by Jesus, God, that we would have the courage both to speak up about that and also to do something about it and to demand that level of accountability from our leaders. Father, we pray, Jesus, that the political structures that are enabling things along the southern border within the United States, the bureaucracies that are in place right now that are making it very hard to secure the border and to liberate the people that are in captivity, we ask you, Jesus, both that you would intervene on our behalf, Father, sovereignly at the southern border, and Jesus, that you would also intervene on our behalf by stirring up the church to get involved, to take action, to go speak up to their legislators, to do something about it. Father, we do just re 
recommit. We recommit and we recovenant with you, Jesus, to agree, Father, with your biblical standard for marriage, your biblical standard for gender, your biblical standard for purity and sexuality. Father, and we do it not just because it's right, but it's right because it gives life. It gives flourishing. It protects the mystical, almost almost mystical, sacred connection of sexuality, and it makes it the thing that allows us to flourish in families with mothers and fathers and children's and love relationships, Father. So we ask, God, that you would reconnect our hearts to the truth of all of that, that we would live in it, Jesus, and that we would not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. We would not be ashamed both to stand for purity to be pure ourselves, and also to be humble and repentant because everyone sins and falls short of the glory of God. But we never forget we're made for glory, not for sin. So we thank you, God, that you are doing this and you've done so many things already and you've won so many great victories and led so many people to be engaged on this issue. We just bless you, Jesus. We worship you. We pray these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you today, a shorter one, but thank you for pausing and praying with me about politics, sex, and religion. Um, Hopefully that'll get people to stop and maybe engage for a few minutes on a topic. Um, But we're grateful for you all. Thank you for continued support and prayers here at Million Voices. Um, Also, we've said this before, but we're continuing to push this out to encourage people. You can go to millionvoices.org forward slash border, and that will take you to a landing page where in about three minutes you can get two postcards delivered, one to each of your two state representatives, telling them that you are praying for them and that you want to take you want them to take meaningful action at the border. Okay, it's a little tool that we build at Million Voices, millionvoices.org forward slash border. It's a $20 contribution. It's not a whole lot. It allows us to print the cards, to send them to your state representatives and to continue to do, we're doing some advertising around the nation because this is a big issue. And so we're putting this opportunity in front of people all across the country. It doesn't have our name, our logo or any of our details on the postcard. It's not about our voice. It's about your voice. So go to millionvoices.org forward slash border to go check that out. So thank you all for joining. Shabbat Shalom. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your hashtag, hashtag America, July 4th celebration, Independence Day celebration. God bless you all. God bless this great nation. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Bye-bye.